Welcome to King's Touch Church Podcast. We're so glad you're here. And wherever you're listening from, we believe God's word will impact your everyday life. Okay, I, I want to talk about today, I want to talk about the power of words. I want to talk about the power of words, the power of the gospel. And what I want to share with you today is being addicted to good news. Amen. Being addicted to good news. Paul said, Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation to them that believe. It is the power of God. So what is the gospel? Simply put, the gospel is good news. That's what the gospel is. It is good news. In fact, that word gospel from the Greek is so uh, uh, profound that it is not just good news as we say it, but it is actually the nearly too good to be true news. Why? Because the gospel is, is good news, but it's too good to be true. When we say good, it is because, because of the lack of vocabulary, we are unable to express it in any other way, but say it is good news. Okay? But it is too good to be true. That is what it is. So that is what the gospel is. And the gospel is all about God and his good news to his people. Amen. So as God works in your life, one of the things that God seeks to do in your life is to change your language and your vocabulary. Now, I notice that I want you to understand that the realm of the spirit and the realm of the natural are ruled by words. The kingdom that we believe in is a kingdom of words. And that is why the word of God becomes so profound that it is the basic instruction for living here on the earth. And for life after that, it is the totality of everything. The word of God is so profound because the kingdom of God is a kingdom of words. It is a kingdom that runs upon words. And so we need to learn the language of the kingdom of God. The language that changes things. The language that affects the way things are. Now, most of us find it so hard to speak the language of God. But I, I'm, I'm, I'm praying that from today, you will consciously begin to change your language to fit into the language of God. That you will begin to be uh, graceful even in your words. You will be gracious and graceful even in your words. When you speak to people, you will speak gracefully to them even after people have failed and have messed up. We still have to learn to speak very gracefully to them. Amen. We should not be we should not be moved by events. You know, we should not be moved by situations. That the situation because it is this, it changes how you speak. It changes your vocabulary. Your vocabulary should be consistent reflecting the Lord Jesus. The Bible says in the book of Colossians, Colossians chapter number 4 and verse number 6. Colossians chapter number 4 verse number 6. The Bible says, And let your words be always with grace. Let your words be always with grace. Always. There isn't a time when your words are supposed to be different simply because your neighbor did something that you didn't like. There isn't a time that your words are supposed to be disgraceful because somebody messed up. God knows people will mess up. God knows even you will mess up. Maybe you haven't messed it up today, but someday you will mess up. But that is why we have to learn to be graceful with people so that you sow seeds of grace. To be graceful to, your, to people in your words means to speak kindly to them, to speak favorably to them. Now, I'm not saying you just take every garbage and you don't address things appropriately, but even when you address things appropriately, the Bible says do it in love. Amen. Do it in love and not out of anger because the Bible says the wrath of man does not work the righteousness of God. Your wrath is not going to work the righteousness of God. It is until you learn to do things the way God wants them, you learn to speak the way God wants you to speak, that you will begin to see 
a difference. You can actually be a blessing to somebody. You can be a blessing to the people around you by your words. Every time we think about being a blessing, we're thinking about giving in terms of money. We're thinking about giving in terms of things and property. I tell you something, you will be far more effective and a greater blessing with your words. With your words. Because words are able to uplift and strengthen. Words are able to encourage. Words are also able to take up. They're also able to take down. Now, do not be somebody that takes people down with your words. Be somebody that blesses people with your words. I know a couple of us are reactors, okay? That means for every action, there will be an equal but opposite reaction. Now, God doesn't want you to be a reactor, okay? God wants you to be graceful because that's how God deals with us. Graceful means you don't deserve it. Glory to God. You don't deserve it. You didn't deserve what Jesus did. I want you to, rem to remember that. Cram it in your head if you forget. Remember it. That God has been graceful to you not because you deserve it. Quite the contrary, you don't, reserve, you don't deserve anything that God gives, but he still gives it to you. He gives it to you when you think you're the worst sinner. He gives it to you when you think you're the most righteous. And he has declared you righteous that not even your feeling can, you know, disapprove uh, that. Because God is constant and consistent. Glory to God. God is constant and, you're cons and, and very consistent. So. If he says, speak gracefully to people, that simply means they don't deserve it because nobody deserves grace. It is freely given regardless of the person's action. Hello. So you can learn to be graceful in your speaking. Let your speech always be with grace. Always. Let your speech always be with grace. And I'm not saying that it's going to be easy because I tell you something, some people are a temptation. I mean, they say things that make you want to say something different. But I want you to arrest yourself before you say what you're going to say and just say thank you, Jesus. And breathe in, breathe out, and speak kindly. You'll be all right. If your feelings are hurt, you will be all right. Amen. Speak kindly. Glory to God. Let your words always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how to, you ought to answer everyone. That you may know how you ought to answer everyone. Don't worry, I'm going to deal with that. Don't worry, I'm going to deal with that. You have a sharp tongue? Don't worry. The Holy Ghost is going to come on your tongue. Amen. Glory to God. He says that you may know how to give an answer to everyone. That you may know how to you ought to answer. Grace is undeserved, unmerited favor. Now, a lot of us give words back as a result of great, as a result of you know the favor that has been performed as a result of merit. Okay, somebody did something really nice to you, and then you bless them, and then somebody did something that is not really nice and then you cash them the bible says bless those that cash you bless and cash not because the bible has already said blessed is he that blesses you and cursed is he that curses you so you don't need to that that is already established amen but he says bless and cash not let not curse words come out of your mouth amen people will not deserve your blessing but that's why you have to give it because your words always have to be with grace. Amen. First Peter chapter number three, verse number 10 says, for he that will love life and see days. I love that. First Peter, first Peter chapter number three, verse number 10. We have that up there. First Peter chapter number three, verse number 10. I want you to listen attentively. For he that will love life and see good days now let me ask you who wants to see good days here come on who wants to see good days who loves life good so he says for he that loves life and see good days let him refrain his tongue from evil there is a connection between your good days and your tongue glory to jesus 
there is a connection between good words, life, and your tongue. So he says, if you love life and you love to see good days, and I know you all do, he says, refrain your tongue from evil and your lips that they speak no guile. That word guile also means that they speak no profane. Profanity is not just when you're speaking words that need to be beeped. But it is also speaking words that don't agree with what God has said. Anytime you speak opposite to what God has said, you are profane. Hello. And so he says, come on, go back there. Okay, what version was that? For he that will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking profane. If you have a problem with speaking profane, okay, you, you think, oh, I just can't help it, man. When, when this happens, I just unleash, you know. What you need is refrain your tongue from speaking Amen. Glory to God. Refrain your tongue from speaking profane. How? We're going to talk about that. And that's why Jesus spoke to the, uh, to the Pharisees. In Matthew chapter number 12, verse 34, Jesus spoke to the Pharisees. And he was a bit, he was disgusted by them. Let me use that word. And he said, all you generation of vipers. Vipers because they are always ready to sting someone. Always ready to inject poison with their words into someone. And he said, all you generation of vipers. How can you being evil speak good things? That means he actually expected them to speak good. But there wasn't going to be any good out of them. Because there wasn't any good out of them. Then he said, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. That is a principle when you speak your words i want you to understand the springboard of the words that you've spoken is your heart that simply means that you you somehow either consciously or unconsciously filled your heart with certain words that they just come out of you they can't help it they just come out of you. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. That simply means when you begin to fill your heart with faith, you begin to fill your heart with grace, you fill your heart with goodness, with health and healing, with, uh, with a new vocabulary. I tell you something, when your mouth begins to speak, it will speak what is in your heart. And if what is in your heart is faith, then faith will begin to come out. I tell you, it is very easy to walk the walk of faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the words of God. That simply means your, a heart that is filled with faith will simply speak faith-filled words. Give no excuse when it comes to your words. Your words are powerful. The Bible says uh, uh, life and death springs out of them. In fact, he father goes on in Matthew chapter number 12. Verse 36 and 37, he says, But I say unto you, Jesus is speaking, but I say unto you, every idle word that men speak, they shall give account thereof on the day of judgment. Every idle word that men speak, oh, that includes women. Praise the Lord. Every idle word that is spoken, you will give an account of it in the day of judgment. For by your words, you will be justified. And by your words, you shall be condemned. So your words empower either the justifier or the condemner to condemn you or the justifier to justify you. Jesus is the justifier and the devil is the condemner. Because the Bible clearly says in the book of Revelation, he calls him the accuser of the brethren. Who constantly, who constantly accuses them before our father. 
Hello? Glory to God. So, by your words, you are justified. That means if you speak words of justification, or when you speak words of justification, then justification it is that you have. Whatever you speak, you know, a man shall be ensnared by the words of his mouth. Chapter number 6 of the book of Proverbs says so. You will be made, you know, led captive, ensnared by the words of your own mouth. So, be careful what you say because your words can entrap you or they can free you. When you start speaking words of freedom and liberty, words of healing and justification, words of love and words of grace, you'll be set free. Some of you are looking for breakthrough. But let me tell you, breakthrough is not even to the person you're running to. Breakthrough is right in your tongue. All along you have been walking with your breakthrough. All along you have been walking with your miracle. Do you know it's not my confession of your salvation that gives you salvation? It is your confession of your salvation that saves you. Hello? You are made just by the words that you speak. Therefore, learn to begin to change your vocabulary. Learn to begin to speak different from the usual. You're used to use your words. And then sometimes society has words that are incorrect. Words like poor, meaning, you know, someone says, maskini. And it is all right because, you know, society uses that word. But you need to begin to filter your words. And don't you let society change your vocabulary and make you feel like it is all right because in our generation things are warped wickedness is in the air twistedness people are twisted even in their words praise the lord not for that glory to god so that simply means you are going to consciously have to learn to not speak Otherwise, you are going to consciously have to learn in your everyday. You know, even when you yawn, don't say anything that is unbiblical, unscriptural. When you yawn, say glory to God. Amen. That's a good one. Say praise Jesus. Amen. Amen. Learn to speak different from what you say every day. Now, I want you to know that your tongue, more than just being used for swallowing, your tongue is a weapon. In the hands of God or in the hands of the devil. Your tongue is so powerful. So much so that it will change things around you. For the positive or for the negative. Depending on what you love. James chapter 3 from verse 5 to 10. This is good. Can you imagine all this? And I'm just laying a foundation. Amen. James chapter number 3 from verse 5. He says, even so. The tongue is a little member and boasts great things. Behold how great a matter a little fire kindles. That simply means if I light a small fire, I can burn up a whole forest. He says that little fire, don't despise it. And he says as little as it is, it's like a fire. And the tongue is a fire. The tongue is a fire. So that simply means if you say, oh, my days are so bad. Everything is going down. I am so miserable and I wonder how things will work out. Fire. Fire. That's what you've released. How about if you say, I am the healed of God. It is well with me. Breakthrough comes my way. God is my God. I see the, the, the Lord open doors for me. People will be favorable to me. They want to do me good. Fire. Fire. I know you might be feeling yuck. But don't speak yuck simply because you're feeling yuck. Always learn to speak the opposite of what you feel. Always learn to speak the opposite of what you feel. 
What if you wake up feeling like you woke up on the wrong side of the bed? I tell you something, go back to bed and speak the right thing. And then wake up on the right side. Amen. Glory to God. Learn to speak opposite to your feeling. Amen. Amen. So, he says, and the, and the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. If it is trained in iniquity, it, sh- it surely will be a world of iniquity. You know? So is the tongue among our members. That it defiles the whole body. If it has been trained to defile, that simply means if there is a whole body, right? A body that is whole, right? And then the person that carries that body begins to speak things contrary to good news, contrary to the gospel. What happens is that the entire body is defiled. Amen. The entire body is defiled because of the word. And that means you can teach your tongue not to speak iniquity so that your body may not be defiled. And he says, and sets on fire the course of nature. That means you can change the course of nature by your words. Never ever despise the power of your words. Hello? Never feel like, ah, it's just me. I am a small man. I am not an apostle. I am not a prophet. I am not. You are a prophet to yourself. You are a prophet to yourself. And so watch the words you are about to speak because they will just come to pass anyway. You say, what? Yes. Don't allow yourself to speak the opposite. You know, it will change, it will set on fire the course of nature, and it set, it is set on, on the fire of hell. Can you imagine? Your life was good, suddenly something happened, your feeling flipped this side, and then you began to speak negative words. It's, it defiled your whole body and set you on the trend to hell. In other words, you will have a hellish situation. That means if you want to have a heavenly experience, you begin to speak a heavenly code language. You begin to speak heavenly so that your body will not be defiled. And you will not speak iniquity, but you will speak righteousness. But, but how, if I, how about if I don't feel it? You don't walk according to your feelings. Verse number seven. For every kind of beast. I want you to marvel at that. For every kind of beast and of birds, and of serpents, even serpents, my goodness, and of things in, in the sea is tamed and has been tamed of mankind. Everything is tameable. Everything has been tamed of mankind. I want you to know, man has been able to tame every living thing. Those that live in the sea, those that live on land, those that fly in the air, Man has been able to tame the most cruel beast. Verse number 8. But the tongue can no man tame. One thing man has failed to tame is his tongue. It is unruly, evil, full of deadly poison. That's why Jesus told the Pharisees, you brood of vipers. Because they are full of deadly poison. If they just release it, your life will never be the same. In the negative <laughs> direction. So he says, the tongue can no man tame. It is unruly. It is evil. It is full of deadly poison. So, if no man can tame the tongue, then who can? I have good news for you. God can tame the tongue. I said God can tame the tongue. And I'm telling you, this is how you can tame your tongue. This is a good way to tame your tongue. Ephesians chapter number 5. That's your solution. That's your your solution. Ephesians 5 from verse 17. Ephesians 5 from verse 17. 
Wherefore, be ye not unwise. If you speak the opposite of what God is saying, you're unwise. But understanding what the will of the Lord is. That means when you have an understanding of what God's will is, that is what you will speak. Okay? Verse number 18. And be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Now, as a result of being filled with the Spirit, what will happen? This is what will happen. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melodies in your hearts unto the Lord. As a result of being filled with the Spirit, your speaking will begin to change. So, how do you manage to, to change your vocabulary? The tongue is unruly. The tongue is wicked. It is evil. How do you manage to deal with the tongue? Because the Bible says no man can tame the tongue, but only God can tame the tongue. And the way you tame it is be filled with the Spirit. If you are not yet filled with the Spirit, be filled with the Spirit. Then you will begin to speak a different language and differently. And now if you're filled with the Spirit and you still find yourself you still cut yourself speaking words that are profane. I want you to do yourself one favor. Be filled with the Holy Ghost so that you can be filled with the Holy Ghost and begin to speak in other tongues. Sit down with yourself and begin to speak in other tongues every day. Spend some good time, whether it's 15 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, half an hour, whatever it is. Sit down with yourself and begin to speak in other tongues. And I tell you something, as you speak more in other tongues, you will simply find that you don't even want to speak evil anymore. Because when you speak in other tongues, you speak unto God, not unto man. For no man knows what you're saying, but in the spirit you declare great mysteries. Now the great mysteries that you declare in the spirit will begin to come into your spirit. And when they begin to come into your spirit, your perception and your perspective and your way of seeing things will begin to change. And then your speaking will begin to change. You see, you speak the way you do because of the way you perceive things. So when you begin to perceive things differently, you begin to speak differently regardless of the situation. How, if, how about if I wake up and I feel pain in my body? I feel pain everywhere. Am I going to begin to speak the pain? I, I may go to the doctor, but I'm not going to speak the pain that I'm feeling. I am going to declare I am the healed of God. I am the, I feel well. I am well in the name of Jesus. You see, your feelings will begin to follow your, your words and your words is what changes the course of nature and your body in the nature will begin to align itself to the spiritual words that you're speaking so that soon you begin to feel what you said do you know that if you tell a story about sorrow sorrow will manifest that's why some of you begin to feel yuck when you listen to someone speaking ugly huh? you listen to someone talking about their problems and talking about how things are unfair and talking about how they wish they were not born in this country and how things are really flip-flopping and how nothing is working and how this and this is being that and that and how someone took advantage of them and the list continues. The reason why people keep taking advantage of you is because you keep feeling that, you keep thinking that and after that you keep attracting it. You will always attract what you believe. Oh, you know, there are no good men anymore. All the good men are married off. And you know, I don't know when I'll get married. Oh, yes. You really don't know when you'll get married. And even when you're ready, you will still be saying the same thing. Because that's your confession. All men are dogs. Oh, yes. You will get a dog. That's exactly what you'll get. Yes, because that's what the Bible says. You change your vocabulary. They may all be dogs, but there is one angel there for you. There is one good one. There is one God has reserved for you. And by the way, if you, God said in his word, in Philippians, he says, beware of dogs. Have you read that scripture? So if you say all men are dogs, then beware of the dogs. You will attract what you speak. Oh, you know, I wonder why they take advantage of me. I wonder why I always attract the wrong men. Oh, yes, because you're speaking the wrong words, seeing the wrong things, believing the wrong things, and then you eventually attract it. Now, you begin to change your perception. 
you begin to change your vocabulary. You begin to change the way you speak. You tune in to another channel. If that channel is speaking negativity, uh, change the channel. People, to, you know, we talk about the, cap, the captivity of negativity. You don't speak negative. You don't unleash. You don't release negative words in your life. Someone say amen. Come on, say amen. Let us continue. Go back to James. Is someone liking this? Is someone liking this? Glory to God. Go back to James. Okay. Glory to Jesus. We have read through that. We were at verse number 8. Verse 9. Therewith, he's talking about the tongue. Therewith we bless God and even the Father. And therewith we curse men, which are made after the similitude of God or after the image of God. He said, with the same tongue, we bless God. And yet with the same tongue, we curse men. And he's saying, watch what he says, verse number 10. Out of the same mouth proceeds blessings and cursing. My brothers, these things ought not to be so. That's why your words have to minister grace, not speak curses. Glory to God. Your words have to minister grace. That is what it is. You have to be addicted to good news. Amen. You, you, you don't have to speak the negative. You can speak good news. And I tell you something. It is so much wonderful. You'll begin to feel the liberty of, of speaking good news. And you'll soon begin to enjoy that kind of talk. Glory to Jesus. Amen. Come on someone say amen. Remember something. I want to say to you today that God does not speak evil to you because there is no evil in him and you are his child god does not condemn you condemnation is one of the greatest causes of stress of sickness of discouragement condemnation every time you be, you feel condemned you are not walking in the spirit or by the spirit. And the devil is the condemner. He's the accuser of the brethren. He condemns. But God does not condemn you. God does not work with you because of what you have done. God works with you because of what Jesus has done. And so he does not condemn you. Come on, tell your neighbor, I am not condemned. God doesn't condemn me. See, Romans chapter number 8, verse number 1 says, There is therefore now, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. Who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Those, there is no condemnation of them. There is no expression of disapproval there is no uh, attack against them there is no action of sentencing or punishment to them god does not condemn you god condemned all your sin on jesus if you start by believing that you'll begin to see yourself in a different way god put all your sin on jesus god doesn't work by condemnation the Bible says in Revelation 12, 10, it says Satan is the accuser of the brethren. Who accuses them always? He is the accuser. He goes accusing you. And sometimes he comes into your conscience. And he begins to speak condemnation in your conscience. That is why you cannot speak condemnation even though it is coming from you. Because the devil will throw thoughts at you. But you don't have to speak his thoughts. Words that are not spoken cannot be born. Words that are not spoken will not be born. 
Amen. There is no condemnation to you. Numbers chapter number 23. There is a story in the book of Numbers that is simply powerful. There is a king called Balak that calls a prophet called Balaam. And he tells Balaam to go and curse the children of Israel. Now, I don't know if this prophet used to curse people. I don't know how this king knew that he should go to this prophet. But he went to this prophet. And he said, let's go to Numbers 23 from verse 7. And he said, come and cast these people for me. He said, and he took up his parable and he said, Balak, the king of Moab, has brought me from Elam and of the mountain of the, of, of the east, saying, come cast Jacob and come defy Israel. Let me tell you, the people that want to curse you and the people that want to defy you will not prosper in their endeavor. Amen. Because God has given them no such right to curse you. So it, just in case anyone speaks a word that is negative, it, it will not come to pass in your life because the Bible says a curse causeless will not stand. And the Bible says no weapon fashioned against you shall prosper in the name of Jesus. Amen. How shall I cast whom God has not cast? The man of God said. How shall I cast whom God has not cast? Or how shall I defy whom the Lord has not defied? The Lord has blessed you and not cast you. The Lord has not defied you. And therefore nobody. I said nobody. They may call themselves pastors and book bishops and, and prophets. Nobody has the right to curse you because you are a child of God and you are the blessed of God and you are the honored of God. There is no curse that can be that can succeed against you. Let's go further. You're going to like this. For from the top of the rocks, I see him. And from the hills, I behold him. Lo, the people shall dwell alone and shall not be reckoned among the nations. Verse number 10. Who can account the dust of Jacob and the number of the, of the fourth part of Israel? Let me die the death of the righteous and let my last end be like his. Wow. The, the man of God, the prophet, or whoever he is, he, he actually thought to himself, he said, if I die, I want to die like the Israelites. They die a righteous death. You let me tell you, in the kingdom, there is a prescribed way of dying. Eh? You're not permitted to just die. You just, you know, like the Nigerian movies, eh? where a guy just dies and then he wakes up and says, I have died now. Or... <laughs> then he dies. No, no, you're not permitted to die. Amen. There is a... The, the righteous, after they are full of age, then they can be harvested. And we don't die. We just change address. We, we just change address. Verse number 11. And, Balak say, and Balak said to Balaam, What hast thou done unto me? I took you to curse my enemies. And behold, you have blessed them all together. My goodness. You are blessed and you cannot be cursed. There is no cash in the midst of you. I, 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 I have, sometimes people come to me and say, you, oh, you, you don't understand. I have this wicked aunt who, you know, goes to the witch doctor all the time. Now this aunt of mine, she said, I will not be married. Those words are not God's words. They will not come to pass. I don't care whether it's your aunt, your uncle, your Father, your bishop, I don't care who it is, your boss, whatever they say will not come to pass against you because you are the blessed of God. There is a law of the blessing of God on your life. Glory to God. And you cannot, you, you cannot be cursed. Understand that. You cannot be cursed. You cannot be cursed. The ability to curse you does not exist. I thought you'd say amen. Anyway, let us continue. Verse number 12. And he answered and said, Must I not take heed to speak that which the Lord has put in my mouth? Let me tell you. Even when your enemies are about to speak, they will come ready to curse you and they will end up blessing you. Amen. Verse number 13. And Balak said unto him, Come I pray thee. With me and unto another place. For whence thou mayst see them, thou shalt see but the, atom, the, but the utmost part of them, and shalt not see them all, and cast me them from there. 
He said, maybe let's change position and see. Let me tell you, God is everywhere. Wherever they go, they may go to the witch, they may go to the wizard, they may go wherever they want to go, they may dance on a pin, they may jump up, they may do whatever they do from whichever position, it is not going to work. They may go to Zanzibar, they may go to Bagamoyo, wherever they go, it is not going to work. Let's, let's, let's go on. And he brought him into the field of Zophim to the top of Pisgam and built seven altars. This guy just stretched it. He went to this, you know, and offered a bullock and a ram and on every altar. Mm-hmm. And he said, let me tell you, your enemies are going to spend money and their money is just going to go. And he said to them, stand here, stand here by the burnt offering while I meet the Lord yonder. And the Lord made Balaam and put a word in his mouth and said, Go again unto Balak and say thus. And when he came to him, behold, he stood by his burnt offering and the prince of Moab with him. And Balak said unto him, What has the Lord spoken? It is the worst mistake for your enemy to ask what the Lord is saying. And he took up his parable and said, Rise up, Balak. And here, hearken to me, you son of Zopa. God is not a man that he should lie. Neither the son of man that he should repent. That word repent simply means to change his mind. He said you are blessed and he's not going to change his mind from that. God is not going to change his mind from the fact that you are the blessed of the Lord. Glory to God. He is not the son of man. There is a Man lies, the son of man changes his mind. God is not like that. Has he said and will he not do it? Or has he spoken and will he not make it good? What word God has spoken over your life will come to pass. Regardless of what your, uh, the, the people around you say or think. The word that God has spoken on your life is going to pass. I don't care. If you start doing something and they say, nobody ever prospered in this area. Nobody ever succeeded in this thing. Therefore, you're doing it all in vain. You're not going to prosper. You're not going to succeed. I want you to answer them and say, God is with me. And whatever my hand finds to do is going to be blessed. Whatever I do is going to be blessed. That's why he said, whatsoever your hand shall touch shall be blessed. Because the blessing springs forth from you. You are the blessed of the Lord. And therefore, because you are the blessed of the Lord the blessing comes out from you so everyone that thinks you're not going to prosper because they think nobody has done this before you have not been called to do what others have done before you have been called to be the 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 one that charts the course you've been my God you are a pathfinder glory to God glory to God you follow that you you know you don't follow the trail that others have created you come up with the trail you make the trail because the lord leads you as many as are led by the spirit of god they are the children of god so as you walk it will it might be a bush but i tell you something it is because you're creating a trail that no man has created before so when others see the bush they say no man has made it here before say well i'm going to be the first to make it glory to god no man has done this before well i'm going to be the first one to do it nobody this thing has never been done by a woman before well i'm going to be the very first woman to do it glory to God glory to God their words will not come to pass in your life because you have been destined for to, to greatness you have been destined to reign you reign in life with by Christ Jesus every situation you've been called to reign in it no situation will take advantage of you ah I said no situation will take advantage of you you have been called to be above only and not beneath Come on, come on, come on. You have been called to be above only and not beneath. Do you know that's a scripture? Deuteronomy 28 actually says, you shall be above only. Above only. And even if you find yourself in the valley, 
I want you to declare that even in the valley, you are above. Because you are seated together in the heavenly places with Christ. No situation will ever overcome you. Glory to God. Glory to Jesus. So he says, what God has said, what has he spoken and shall he not make it good? Verse number 20. Behold, I love this. I love this. Behold, I have received a commandment to bless. And he has blessed and I cannot reverse it. Who God has blessed, no man can reverse it. I said, who God has blessed? I have seen some few people because they call themselves prophets come and say, do you know I can take that blessing away from you? No man has the ability to take the blessing because it is not man who gave it to you. Therefore, man cannot take it from you because the prophet was told that the children of Israel are blessed and he has received a commandment. If you find a prophet who has who doesn't bless, leave him alone because he's not of God. Because the man speaking by the Spirit says, I have received a commandment and my commandment is to bless and because he has blessed and I cannot reverse it I cannot reverse what God has done I said I cannot reverse what God has done God has blessed you and I will not reverse that only you can reverse that only you can reverse that hello verse number 21 he has not beheld iniquity in Jacob. Goodness. Neither has he seen perverseness in Israel. The Lord is his God. The Lord his God is with him and the shout of a king is among them. Therefore they are called king's touch. Listen. I want you to see this. He has not beheld iniquity in Jacob. Now. It is how you see that is going to shape how you speak. What you see is going to be your reality. So what do you see? What do you see? Because the Lord did not behold. To behold means to see. The Lord has not seen iniquity in Jacob. Now, it is not that Jacob did not have sin. It is simply that the Lord decided not to see it. If you read your Bible very well, at this time, as the man was speaking, Israel was living sinfully. In fact, sometimes the Lord would go there and straighten out things. But yet, the Lord gives that man a word and says he has not beheld iniquity in Israel, in Jacob. It is not that they had no sin. It is that God chose not to see their sin. Because of what Jesus has done, God doesn't see sin in us. God sees the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. That's the gospel. That is grace. Now, that is not a promotion for you to sin or continue in sin. But th that is for you to understand that first of all, God does not condemn you. Okay, I need, to, I, need to, I need to take this to the right place and then leave it there for next Sunday. I want you to know that God has not beheld sin in you. Glory to God. Glory to Jesus. He has not beheld sin in you. You, John chapter number 8 from verse number 3. Let's look at it. Are you liking this? Are you liking this? You begin to practice the word of the Lord. Amen. Go back and read those scriptures and shout to yourself. Amen. Right in your room there, shout and just have a glory time. And now you know the story here is the story of the woman who was caught in adultery. And the scribes and the Pharisees brought unto him a woman taken in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst. They say unto him, Master, Master, Master. This woman, this one, you see, this one, 
this woman has been taken in adultery. I want to see the attitude of the Pharisees at that time. They're feeling like they got it right. Okay? This woman, she has been taken in adultery in the very act, master. Very act. We found her busy. Then they decided to educate the Lord. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what sayest thou? What would you say? What would you say? A sister has been in the very act. She has been brought to you. What are you going to say? I, I know what some of you are saying. It's all beeps. Beep. This they said, tempting him that they might have to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and with his finger wrote on the ground. Now, it doesn't say what Jesus wrote. Glory to God. But maybe, allow me to speculate. Maybe he first wrote, the first question was, where is the man? Because she couldn't have committed adultery alone. So, he questioned their hypocrisy. You know, do you know that a lot of times the people who call you a sinner are just as equal sinners? It's just that they did a different sin from the one they saw you doing. Anyway. But Jesus took down and with his finger wrote on the ground as though he had them not. Now, Having been a pastor for some time, I know how contradicting and how controversial that would be in church circles. What? It would raise a storm. Huh? Jesus had what they said. But he, he behaved as though he actually never heard what they were saying. So when they continued asking, he lifted up himself and said unto them, He that is without sin among you, let him cast a stone at her. Now, I think everyone's memory began to come back. That, ah, ah, ah. Mm. Mm -hmm. mm. So, the Bible says, and they and again he stooped down and wrote on the ground. And they which heard it, being convicted of their own conscience, went out one by one, beginning at the eldest, even unto the last. And Jesus was left alone and the woman standing in the midst. When Jesus had lifted up himself and saw none but the woman, he said unto her, Woman, where are those your accusers? The Bible says the devil is the accuser. So these guys are walking just like their father. Where are those your accusers? Has no man condemned you? I marvel that Jesus would be talking to this woman this way. Because what I expected from Jesus is to rain down on this woman. Eh? First, look at her from head to toe. Give her attitude and say, how could you? Eh? How? Eh? And educate her, give her fire. But he said, she said, uh, he said, where are those that condemn you? And she said, no man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her. Can you read? 
so you know how to read, right? Jesus said, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Now, what a profound fact. Oh, what an amazing situation. That is how graceful and that is how loving God is. Jesus right there dealt with her so she doesn't have to go back and struggle with her situation. That's what, that's what the Lord does. He provides an everlasting solution. While others condemn and don't even provide a way out, the Lord deals with you and provides a way out. That's the grace of God. That's the grace of God. So Jesus does not condemn you in every and any situation. You can be delivered from whatever you are going through, whether it's a habit or sexual sin, you don't have to continue in it. And through it, God does not condemn you. Does he condone sin? No. But does he condemn you? Because some people have a feeling that when you condemn someone, oh, he's going to make things all right. Oh, then they're not going to sin again. It just creates a hypocrite. That's what it does. See, that's why sometimes I, I, I struggle with, with people. Uh, I have been, you know, told a few things here and there. And I said, you know, I, I don't have a desire to create a hypocrite. When it comes to dressing, I tell you, please dress moderately. Okay? Look at yourself in the mirror. If you feel like the mirror is, is you, you know, what you're looking at is okay, it's okay, fine. If the mirror tells you the dress is too short, you might want to do something about it. Right? Just look at the mirror. You don't need the pastor to do that. Just, just, just look at the mirror. Okay? Now, I am not uh, a fashion, I am not here to teach people how to dress in the, in the natural, right? Now, I know that man looks at the outward appearance, okay? Uh, some people have uh, accused me of, uh, say, the lady is in their dress, very short. We had someone leave the church because can't stand that place. The ladies, they are dressed very short. Now, it is, it is not up to me. One, I am not their mother. <laughs> My work is to teach the word of God. Amen. Because, listen to my justification. Listen to this. If I just push you to dress down, first of all, that won't make you any more righteous than you already are. Okay? Now, not that I'm saying dress short. I want you to understand me. But, if I pushed you to dress a certain way, would that be consistent when you're out of church? Because if you only behave a certain way when you're in church, and when you go out there, you cannot keep pace with that behavior, I think that's hypocrisy. Because the truth is, your, your, your character is supposed to be consistent wherever you are. Whether you're in church or outside of church, the Lord is there with you and you're supposed to be consistent. Well, you come to church to learn, but then you have to take it out there. So if I push you manually without the grace of God and the working of the Spirit in your life, I just created a hypocrite. And that's not my work. That's why I would rather teach you the Lord in you will begin to work a work in you and then the Lord will begin to teach you that, you know what? Don't go to church with that dress because it's too short. Don't go to that meeting like this because they will address you that way. Don't do it. No, the Lord will begin to teach you how to do it right. Do you get my point? Now, I cannot take on the, the I, I don't take on the position of the Lord because I am not the Lord. I am simply He's under shepherd. My work is spelled out and simple. It is to grow your spiritual life. It is to grow your faith. As you grow, certain things just drop. So I am not scared if people come here in a certain way that people perceive is not churchy. Okay? Because before I saw them, God already saw them. Before I know a thing about their mess, God already knows their mess. Now, I am not saying act irresponsible, dress irresponsible. That's not what I'm saying. You, you, do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I'm just saying when God works in your life, it is much better. 
That's what I'm saying. Some people expect you to be the pastor and also the Holy Spirit. <laughs> I am not the Holy Spirit. Amen. Glory to God. You, you are a work in progress. God will walk in your life, walk through your life, and he will make you all right. You will turn out all right. Okay? And so, simply, when you get to know the scriptures, you'll know. When you're going for the interview, man looks at the word outward appearance. So, how should you appear? You're going for an interview. When you're going to that place, how should you appear? Dress in a way that is appropriate. Don't send the wrong signals or the wrong message to those that look at you. I think that's fine. Amen. But the rest of it, I just gave, that's one example in one area. But I want to tell you there are lots of other areas. I, except the Lord give me revelation, I really don't know who you are. I don't even know what you do. Okay? Except the Lord give me revelation. There are times when the Lord will show me something. I went to a place and, and you know, the, the prophetic spirit just fell. And so I began to look at people and began to know. I saw this lady and I, I, I got to know a few things about her. And God was telling me something very different. I could have tried to prove, to, you know, that I know and, and throw a few things and say, you know, lady, I know you. Okay? Just to prove to the people that, you know, this guy is prophetic and he knows the stuff. No, I don't have to prove to you. I have to minister life to the people. Glory to God. That's my mission in life. So, I spoke the very opposite of what the lady was. Do you know what happened? Those that were listening began to laugh. The ladies who were around her, they all began to hide behind their fingers and laugh. And I knew exactly what they were laughing at. But I believe God was trying to touch a part of that lady that has not been touched before. See, how you perceive people is not how God perceives them. Sometimes we think how we perceive people is how God is going to perceive them. God perceives people differently. By the way, that includes your enemy. God is not an enemy to someone simply because you don't like them. <laughs> so just in case you didn't like a certain brother or sister, just resign right now. <laughs> Glory to God. Hallelujah. That's how the Lord deals with us. That's how he deals with us. He does not condemn us. So let us learn how to speak the language of God. Let us learn how to speak the way God speaks. And I tell you something, we will begin to see great fruit in what we are saying. Teach yourself, even under pressure, teach yourself not to conform to the pressure. Teach yourself not to speak negative and get away from negative people. Because they will make you begin to speak what they speak. Okay? I don't like bad news. I specialize in good news. Amen. Good news. Good things. Amen. That is why I don't speak anything that is contrary to the word of God. Now, I tell you. Begin to learn not to condemn yourself. Begin to learn to speak righteously. Speak what the Lord has said. Speak the Lord's language after him. Speak God's language. Speak good news. Release words of grace. Release words of favor. Release the blessing of God in your life. Declare that you are the blessed of God. Look at yourself in the mirror and declare that you're wonderful. You're beautiful. If you're a lady and you're not sure about how beautiful you are, let me tell you something. He makes, the Bible says he gives beautiful ashes. So if you feel your ash, understand that the Lord gives beauty. And so you're altogether beautiful because the Lord said so. Your beauty is not determined by the size of your nose, the size of your hair, the, you know, your height and the size of your, you know, your, you know. <laughs> Glory to God. Hallelujah. Your beauty is determined by the Lord. Come on, someone say amen. amen. It is determined by the Lord. Someone say amen. amen. Learn to speak gracious words. Learn to speak good words. Learn to release what God says. And I'm telling you, very soon you will begin to see your life becoming exactly what you're saying. I know if you've ever done it before, you're kind of afraid. Okay? But try it. Start speaking favorably to people. And if you're married, begin to practice on your wife or your husband. Good stuff. 
If you're not, begin the practice early. Glory to God. Amen. You know, if you're married, words can be dangerous. Let me not go into that right now. Hallelujah. So, keep up with the Spirit, and I tell you something, your life will be enriched, your life will be strengthened. That's why the Bible says, let the weak say, I am strong. So, and let the sick say, I am healed. Let the poor, when you're still poor, don't acknowledge poverty. Speak wealth. When you're still sick, don't acknowledge sickness. Speak healing and health. When you feel you're not blessed, speak the blessing of God on your life. Amen. And I tell you something, a lot will change. Thank you for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe and share the message to your family and friends. Follow us on our social media at Kingstar Church.